Hi, all my fellow junkies. This is South Music Attic here, and welcome to the Music Attic 27 podcast, where it's for all music lovers alike. Today, we're going to be reviewing the Kendrick Lamar album, Good Kid, Mad City. This is the overall second album and major label debut from Compton rapper Kendrick Lamar, following up from his 2011 album, Section 80, which that project was pretty a nice stern opening for most people to know who he is at first until this album here in 2012 to shine in a little more into Kendrick's life and his lifestyle that he grew up with and growing up in Compton in general with this being 12 tracks long starts off pretty well actually starting off with the opening track Shireen aka Master Splinter's Daughter goes into that little interesting production that most people would see as a little bit intriguing at the time in the 2010s being that little stripped back and little catchy bass line that you see in the whole thing it's a serene little interesting beat for sure on that then it's just pretty much the whole thing about him meeting a girl which that he wants to get a hit on you know if you're saying if you know what i mean <laughs> uh it goes into that little story a little bit then she asks him to come up but instead gets tricked and trapped by two people at her door which is an interesting way to start up might have been the true story but i don't know but other ones can be filling into the story continuing a little more but other songs such as like Bitch Don't Kill My Vibe and Compton can kind of be a little bit not really connected to the story, but are just kind of fun songs in general to just play at parties and very relatable and the little just song-wise, not in the conceptual-wise, but it's really interesting, though, too, as, like, most of the stuff that Kendrick will go into can be kind of touching in the religious aspect in some songs in this album here for most of the time in this project would go into a few skits within the song and having phone calls from different people mainly his mother and, and his father in this case about like taking the cars out saying yo where the fuck you at Kendrick <laughs> where you at and uh, some of that stuff is really interesting too for like the common cool production most of the stuff sort of occasionally industrial productions too for the song like Backstreet Freestyle can kind of go into that little industrial production too. But it does go as well as a little bit of a context-wise in the story as a flashback in which that all that he wanted was to rap and get money and get bitches. Pretty much the typical thing that most people would try to achieve in the rap world. But in that story then and to now and this little context there would be a little bit different <laughs> than what he was initially going for, which is interesting and very understanding to see what most people kind of go into. Most people want to go in for one thing, but as they grow, they would totally see something different instead. So it also goes into some little storyline of him going into drug use and alcoholism and going to do some stuff with the homies. That's for the song The Art of Pure Pressure would come into as it splits into two different parts in the production. The first part would be this like gassy, just calming, short, sweet beat that you would kind of say for the chorus and saying that he just smoking weed with his homies and just switches into the second part of that song and pretty much giving off a little story about like how he goes around with his homies robbing shit around and getting anything that's 
vacant in a home, you know? It's pretty interesting to say that, too, which at the same time, in his words in the song, it seems kind of ironic because in that part there, he's saying, that's ironic because I've never been violent until I'm with the homies, which is uh, intriguing to say that because same in that context, he's not violent when he's not with his friends at all until he goes with his friends, then becomes a little rowdy and violent in a way, which... That's very interesting for the title of it in itself. The Art of Peer Pressure goes into that really good style of having to be tricked into being doing drugs, drinking, and all that shit. It's very enticing to say that, too, for a song such as that. Then other stuff such as like Money Tree and Poetic Justice go into that little interesting style, especially for Poetic Justice, having the Drake feature on it, and being Drake, being the man himself at the time when Take Care was very popping, he really shows that little emotion <laughs> over this little sweet Janet Jackson sample that goes into it as the song plays out about love, being tricked in it, and saying, oh, Poetic Justice, you did me wrong, you're gonna get something back. In a way, it just seems an interesting use of irony, too, because this song, Poetic Justice, refers to the opening track as well, as will some of them will be referring to the Shireen character in this storyline, which is pretty cool to see, too. Other than that, it would be going into Kendrick himself as a young man that he was in this storyline, goes into the little title track of this album, Good Kid in Mad City, Going into their little separate things. Good Kid being this little cool, warm, uh, spastic Pharrell beat that's produced by him. And also having Pharrell Williams on the hook. It's really cool. Then pretty much going into the storyline of the reasons why Kendrick needs to leave. And the little aftermath from Poetic Justice after being kidnapped from the two men that were waiting for him at Shireen's place in this whole story very interesting to do by even saying i should ask a choir what do you require to sing a song that acquired me to have faith then for the record spin i should pray for the record i recognize i'm easily prey to be well the main victim in that little situation of him being tricked and trapped and being well harassed as well for the same thing as like mad city being a two-part song with these like abrasive beats that he would go into for the first half this little spasticky type of flow that Kendrick would go on to as he would give on to the story similar again about him going with his homies and robbing and just pretty much the little gang rivalry that he would see as well in his neighborhood with the Bloods and Crips at all the same time saying that if Pyros and Crips all came along they probably get me down by the end of the song Seemed like the whole city all against me. Every time I'm in the streets, I hear yak, yak, yak. In which that, well, if they ever one day join together, they'll mostly come for him. For reasons why, I don't know. It seems that a little bit of that paranoia will go into for the first half of the song at least. Then the second part will switch into just like G-Funk-like type of production featuring legendary rapper MC8 on one part of the song, which... It's very interesting, but builds into that little concept of the gang life and street life that most people might not understand until or if they knew what they were talking about or if they actually lived through that stuff. 
And even for some part in Kendrick's verse in the second half of the song, he's saying, If I told you if I killed a person at 16, would you believe me? Perceive me as the innocent Kendrick you see me in the streets with a basketball with a noun later to eat. Gives that little interesting perspective that Kendrick is would to be, in some people's eyes, the same innocent man that had better dreams of being a basketball player and all that stuff. But in this case, if he ever told you that he murked a person, would you still see him differently or still see him as an innocent man? Which that really brings in an interesting question to most people. And just in general, just give that little audience a thinking moment for sure. It's pretty cool to see that. Then for one of the other songs such as Swimming Pool to be one of the more well-known songs in the album as well besides Bitch Don't Kill My Vibe. The well, well-known drinking song that most people will go on to until you like look into the deeper meaning behind it. It's pretty much about alcoholism and peer pressure. Again, the little interesting connection to it too. Even though with like the repetitive refrain that he goes on to that most people know, saying pour up, drink, headshot, drink, sit down, drink, stand up, drink, pass out, drink, wake up, drink, faded, drink, faded, drink. That's pretty much the well-known part that most people just go on to just always taking shots after shots after shots after shots and so on and so forth and even having that little story connection that Kendry would go into for this song for the context of the single and then the extended version would switch it into a little bit more that little very loud aggressive like chorus that you see in the exploding trap sound a little bit too saying why you babysitting only two or three shots i'm gonna show you how to kick it up a notch and swimming in this pool of alcohol and just have that feeling again and again and again keep drinking till you feel it and all that stuff it's really interesting to put in that mindset for something like that then just for the little switch into the extended version of this song just be this little spacious eerie atmospheric type of space that you'll be in as it will go into the third verse that you would hear saying all i all i all i all i have in life's an appetite for failure you got a hunger for pain that grow insane tell me you just sound familiar if i do to you look like me make an excuse for the relief it's the interesting one to as if for a person that's just being tricked and being peer pressured into drinking and pretty founding word to say it and asking a question that like if you're laughing at me not your concern about me falling asleep and not waking up at that point which really brings an interesting question in that mindset for it then for the double song sing about me dying of thirst being the longest song in this project being around 12 minutes and Starting off with the first half, Sing About Me, Kendrick would go into the three verses into a few different point of views in which the first person will be the one that supported him and sees that he has a bright future, which is totally inspiring to say that for sure. But the little tragic way of ending the verse would be saying that for the person that's supporting Kendrick, saying that, and if I die before your album drops, I hope, and then three little gunshots, too, to emphasize that little Eclipses style of, it, of writing, which seems to be a little bit of an interesting touch that Kendrick put on, too, for the lyrics and that. And just for the whole thing, in the chorus-wise, just saying if he passes on and dies, 
hopefully that people will sing about him, or in this case, metaphorically talking about him when he's gone, which to keep on that legacy forever and ever to pass it on to most people, which is really impressive on the story manner and the context for it too. Then for the other song topic that he would go on to for this song would be the second verse from the other person's opinion asking on a song from section 80 called Keisha's song saying in the perspective of that woman that Kendrick wrote about saying that yo you wrote a song about my sister on your tape I don't I don't like it I had to work hard and all that stuff you are criticizing her but in the point not really kind of similar to in the vein of Tupac Shakur's uh, Brenda's Got a Baby in that little style. That's the best thing about it, too, because that little similar manner in storytelling, too. But in that one goes a little bit very more of leaving a sour taste in their mouth and saying, oh, you're disrespecting my sister. Why the fuck are you doing that? And all that stuff. Then for the third verse, Kendrick will be giving off his point of view and gives off his clear reason why that he did the story that he did for uh the song from section 80 it's mainly because that he's just found that a little interesting to write about too just giving off a little advice from people now and then from here and then like future generations to listen to and be kind of giving them a warning and other life experience and all that stuff it's pretty cool i'd say that's like my favorite part about that song alone just to be having a little slow kind of somber-esque type of guitar strings too and and just that little clicking drum too just seems so refreshing it just seems interesting and amazing to put in that context and point of view to it then for the song dying thirst the second half of this song goes to a little bit more of a drastic shift and to be five or so verses of a little more religious sense of sinning and being, quote, dying of thirst, mostly in the sense of, like, alcohol and needing the thirst for water. And, again, in the case of religion, being holy water and being interesting enough to find in that for that song, too, for that portion of it, too. Giving off to saying that I'm tired of running, I'm tired of hunting other people, I need to keep on finding a way out of this place. Then as it gradually gets on to more and more that similar idea and mentality to it the ending of the song will go into a small skit in which that him and his friends would be approached by this woman asking that like you need water you need holy water to come into your life and accepting well jesus in your life to escape from the quote sins that they're making for it too it's interesting way of putting that in sense and having that going into the second longest song that is real, being close to 7 minutes and 30 seconds, as this would be the type of song of, like, loving yourself and just loving others as well. And even though the chorus itself, I do like the idea that it was going into, but if I had to choose one song that I didn't really like or not seeing myself going into over and over again would be the song real but i do like the idea and like the added concept that it adds on to the story i like it story-wise and i like it fitting into the style of it but i what i see that myself listen to it not as much but it's pretty much just one song if i had to choose one it would be that but i do see the idea of the premise that kendrick was going on to to it too 
it's pretty cool and the repetitive chorus that was saying i do what i want to do i say what i want to say i feel what i feel when i look in the mirror i mean i'm there with my hands in the air i'm proud to say yeah i'm real i'm real i'm really really real it's so on and so forth it's pretty interesting to put in that there too most of the stuff is saying that you got a plan a plan b plan c well very clever way of putting those little things together like plan a fails there goes plan b going into it and nothing you can go do with plan c and really other interesting stuff to put on to saying like should i hate you should i hate this and da 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 and questioning the fact that like i shouldn't like love myself too it's the reason why nothing's really going fast for me and for the song Compton with the one and only NWA member, Dr. Dre, on it with pretty much a anthem of sorts about the, the city that they're from, Compton. And it's really cool to see that, that little cool grand type of beat that it goes on to, even though it's not connected to the story-wise, but it at the ending it does, but it's like a little start over again to it. But... Overall, it's really like Dre and Kendra going into like tiny little verses about the city they're living in and the stuff that they're going through. It's like you ain't nothing unless you live through that shit in Compton, which is very respectable and understandable in that little sense in it, too. And the fact that both Kendrick and Dre are on a track together, it's fucking stellar. I say that for sure. It's really dope. It's really good shit. Overall, this whole album here plays in a nice real atmospheric and conceptually successful story that Kendrick was pulling on to for an album like this and having that little idea behind it and giving the people more of an understanding of who he is and what he had to go through as a, a youngin in the content and all the shit that he has to go through it's very powerful actually it's really cool messaging and the wordplay and a lyricism that he goes on to are fan-fucking-tastic. It's pretty fucking stellar. I say that for sure. It's really great. I'm giving this a 9.5 out of 10 off of this one, primarily because, like I said, the concept on this album here, it's fucking stellar. Lyricism is good. Amazing work and having a bunch of great artists on this one too, such as like Drake, J-Rock, Dr. Dre, MC8, and even the little conceptual meanings behind the songs really go well onto this project and that will conclude this episode for today hope you enjoyed it hopefully you got some new music out of it what i recommend is i would for sure it's a great album if you like this project great if not no worries i love every single one of you guys thank you thank you thank you so much i appreciate it but remember this is just my personal opinion based off my personal joint off this project thank you and keep on creating my little junkies